0: Well, we don't always do this, but I'm excited. We got a couple guests coming on today to talk to Joe and I about marriage. I know Joe could use some advice in this area. So I'm glad I had some good friends that are experts. Hmm. Hmm. I'm Curtis. Joe's here and we got some good friends, Chris and Brandy with us too. And we are dudes in progress.
1: Hey, Joe. What's happening, Kirk? I am excited. I don't have to just talk to you today. Me too. A little reprieve from each other. <laughs> We've are we got some smiling smiling faces online. Welcome, Chris. Hi, <laughs> hey, Chris Thank and Brandy. You. Introduce your lovely half there.
2: Hello. This is my wife, Brandy. <laughs> Hello. We are excited to be on here. Thank you
0: for the opportunity. <laughs> Congratulations yeah. on starting a podcast. Joe and I know something about that. And... It takes some courage to start a
2: podcast, don't you think? I do. More, It's more of a time commitment for me
1: than a courage thing.
3: It's total courage for me.
1: All right, Randy. That's because you don't edit. You can be on A podcast in and of itself is courageous. Doing, doing a podcast about marriage with your spouse. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's making it happen right there.
0: Anytime you do a podcast, you don't know what the reaction is going to be, what it's going to be like for you. You guys, I think, are going to have fun. I was just talking to Scott Daves re- before we recorded this on one of my Patreon recordings. And of course, he does a podcast with his wife, Karen, and he made a comment. He said, "We," he said it quickly, and if I'm paraphrasing, but basically we got to know each other better by doing a podcast together.
1: Yeah, 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 I can see that. Yeah, definitely.
0: And I did the same thing with my daughter. I found out things about my daughter I did not know by doing a podcast together, but I get some marriage counseling guys because of this podcast. My wife and I listen to it in the car on the way to a nursing home. Her mom's in a nursing home. So it's a good 45 minutes one way. I often talk about her in the podcast and then she makes comments to me, but we have conversations and she kind of, I think she likes Joe
1: too and his commentary. So my wife, when we listen to the podcast together, she loves to correct me on dates and numbers, and when things happened, and who was there. I'm a broad strokes kind of guy. As long as I can get through the general theme of it, I'm telling a story, right? It it may have been August from 2022, or it may have been July 1997. It doesn't matter. Do you remember that time that you fell in a hole?
3: Right. Yeah. That sounds familiar, actually. That that sounds pretty spot on.
1: That's awesome. What's
2: the name of your podcast, guys? It is called Prime Marriage Podcast. And how'd you get to
0: that name? Go ahead.
3: Well, I'm a bit of a nerd. Um, We were actually driving down the road, and um, the thought popped in my head, because we played with a couple other names, Mm -hmm. but the thought popped in my head that prime numbers are only divisible by one. So marriage is only divisible by one.
1: Ah, wow. Awesome.
0: Very. Man, you really... You are a nerd. (laughs) Yeah. What do you do for work, Brandy?
3: I am actually just recently had a career change. I am now a full time children's pastor.
0: Oh, interesting. Oh, I think I knew that. I think Chris may have said in our passing somewhere. All right. Well, congratulations.
3: Thank you. Chris, you do
0: a geeky job too, don't you? I do. I'm a network analyst at a local hospital. Yeah. Fantastic. So we got two geeks, nerds here, Joe, right up my alley. Yeah. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) What motivated you to do a podcast on marriage, especially?
3: We've been wanting to do one. We actually had first off talked about starting out on with TikToks, mm. creating some content that way. I get ideas for videos. And so we thought, what a, that's our platform. That's where we're going to go. And then we just realized that we both kind of enjoy talking. So we can talk as long as we want on our podcast.
2: Yeah. And we talk, we get along well enough and our personalities match each other enough that we're able to keep it very easy going. It's not, it doesn't get real heavy. It may in future episodes, but so far it is not. You think you're gonna to cry? That. I may <laughs> cry. But and we were driving somewhere and she was like, What about starting a podcast? And of course, we both listen to a lot of podcasts. Now most of mine are Disney related or
3: minor true crime.
2: Yeah. I love the idea. I thought, yes, let's do this. So of course, being the tech guy, she was immediately thinking, What are we gonna talk about? And I'm immediately thinking, What equipment do I need to buy? S- what are-
3: like sure. the next week and boxes started showing our, on our front porch of all the equipment we needed.
1: We call that getting gas gear acquisition syndrome.
3: Yes. <laughs> yes. That's exactly right. I
1: like that. In that case, I was very gassy. That's <laughs> right. That's right. I haven't
0: even talked to Joe about this yet, but some I, I haven't been listening to podcasts about podcasting very much lately, but I have seen some things come across my attention where, the mediums are merging a little bit now where a lot of podcasters are putting their content on YouTube, for instance. You mentioned Mm -hmm. TikTok, but I think this software, thank you guys for being brave with me. I learned about this software being a part of a package I bought a couple of months ago called Descript where I could record and I heard about this software. So Squadcaster was purchased by Descript and allows me to do the recording and hopefully we're getting a good recording locally, but we're also getting a video recording. So, if, But the idea, I think, is more people are okay with having audio content in YouTube, I'm hearing. And it's yeah. obviously a great platform to be seen with its huge search engine. But that was always a no-no, wasn't it, Joe? I can remember people saying, you don't. Know, who wants to see a, a blank screen of an audio podcast in YouTube?
1: That's what I recall from years ago. Yeah, and way back in the day in the... In the old days of podcasting, podcasting was a very specific thing. You had to have an RSS feed and done a certain way and delivered in a certain method. Now you can just people are putting audio on YouTube by itself and calling it a podcast, mm-hmm. and which is okay. I have, podcasters should have no ego invested in methodology. They should have ego invested in quality of content. I was thinking maybe the people. Wow, there's some. There's the bumper <laughs> sticker right there, isn't <laughs> it?
0: Another Joeism. <laughs> I think it's common now to see this format like we're seeing here with people talking in their living room or base. And that's been more seen by people. It's not uncommon. My baseball channel, the yes channel does it with the radio broadcasters, the radio show. They're doing it. And so it's common. But all right. Well, we're going to do a
2: top 10 advice for marriage couples. Is that what we're calling it? Marriage tips. I'd say yeah. I, marriage. Throughout the course of our podcast, I'm really hoping people come to realize that, wow, these people are as messed up as we are, <laughs> uh, because th- that's not our goal is to say we have it all figured out. We have it all together. And this is what because there are still some things that we battle over. But
3: actually coming up with our top 10 list might have caused a, we, we a had, moment. We <laughs> had
1: a few moments while we were talking about this. So uh, let's be, before we go into your top 10 list, guys, let's kind of let's qualify the information a little bit. How did you meet?
3: We actually met at church. Yeah, at a small group at church, we met. I actually was teaching at a private school, and his daughter was getting ready to go into that private school. And he saw my name tag and started a conversation.
2: Yeah. Ironically, or coincidentally, I guess people use that word wrong all the time, but we were the small group we were in was actually a marriage class, even though both of us were single at the time. We were just investing into our future. Marriage. Both of us knew we wanted to be married again.
3: But he didn't know that I was single.
2: I didn't. Mm -hmm. I thought because I knew who her ex husband was. I mean, he still went to church with us Uh, for several months after we were married. He still went to church with us, which
1: was really weird. But (laughs) so how long have you been married? It's coming up on nine years. Very good. Awesome. Congratulations. Congratulations. I have to ask, what was the name of the class? It's called Marriage Apps APPS. Yeah.
2: And they run it. At the church, about uh, three times a year,
3: four times, sometimes. three or four
2: times a year, and it's different content every time. Uh, there'll be five or six weeks in a row, usually some sermons or some teaching by somebody, based, of course, but just about keeping your marriage strong. And a lot of these tips come from what we've learned through there and just yeah. learned through life and learned through each other.
3: Because both of us came from broken marriages. And we kind of saw what not to do. And we knew even before we had met each other that we wanted to do it right or do it better the second time. And so that's why we were even at that class was to learn what not to do or learn how to communicate better, how to conflict resolution and so both of us were investing in our future marriages even though we didn't realize that it was investing in each other
1: <laughs> were you able to get a lot of that stuff out on the table before you got married before you took this journey together a good deal of it yes awesome yeah awesome we
3: of course you couldn't prepare for every situation you were going to be yeah. in but
2: no we actually had a couple pre-dates before our okay. first official date <laughs> where I just, we kind of laid some stuff out. Hey, this is in my past. I don't want it being coming up as a surprise later, or this is kind of how I feel about this. And I know this could be a deal breaker for a lot of people. So we
1: really wanted to get a lot out on the table first. Awesome. Awesome. My wife and I, we've been to a couple marriage conferences and marriage classes. One of them was called A Weekend to Remember. Yeah. Yeah. We've done that a couple of times. Awesome program. Another program that we did was called His Needs, Her Needs. I don't know if you're familiar with that. It's a book. I think Henry Cloud wrote the book. I, I jokingly call the it's the book is called His Needs, Her Needs, but I jokingly call the book Her Needs, Her Needs. <laughs> and <laughs> if, Was it rather lopsided information? <laughs> it tended to be, but anyway, it worked. I've been married for 30 years now. Kurt, how about you? I told
0: you guys he needed this session, but how long have I been? 34 years. Hope I got that
1: right. I, actually, we may be at 31. I have to ask my wife. <laughs> She'll tell me the right date. 1989. You yeah, 34. Easy. You can't see it. But when I said, I'll have to ask my wife about the date of our marriage, Chris's face just wins. to me. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, you guys have 64
2: years of marriage between you. Why are we giving top 10 less of those <laughs> marriage tips? Because we figured out by now
1: that we're not right. That sounds like wisdom. Joe. <laughs> so, what's the secret to your marriage? The secret to my marriage. That's interesting. Wow. I don't know if that's a serious question. If it's a serious question, I'll give you a serious answer. Uh, Is it a serious question? It's up to you. I'm not going to do anything serious because
0: my wife's going to listen to this podcast.
1: Okay. Well, I would say that the secret to my marriage is, I tell you what, I'll tell you the secret to our marriage in my quote of the week. How about that? All right. There you go. How about you? My wife is low maintenance.
0: That's my secret to my marriage.
1: Yeah. She can only handle low maintenance, and she's low maintenance. And you, you, yeah, you do realize and you acknowledge it. She's listening to this. <laughs> I hope she doesn't smack me. I'm not, I don't think that's. Yeah. I think that's a compliment.
3: I would take that as a compliment. Oh, thank yeah. God! And she
1: will because She is also low maintenance. So <laughs> awesome. <laughs> that's awesome. Awesome. That helps. Yes. Well, let's get started with your list, guys.
2: Is there a ranking no, to this, or no bit. order?
3: No order. really. I think
2: the first rule is the first rule. Okay. All Uh, right. That one's kind of far. Everything else, everything else can be interchangeable. I think. All right. What's the first one?
3: Decisions Decisions over feelings.
2: And I think there are so many couples that swing and miss on this.
3: Yeah. They they definitely let their feelings lead. They or they even get into it and with the idea of well, if we like girl part, or if it's not really all I thought it was going to be, then we could just divorce and move on. Um,
2: And I really, what we believe is that there has to be a decision made when you get married. This is like my vows say till death do us part. And so we are going to operate under that. There is no falling out of love. Love is a decision. It's It's a choice you make. I am choosing to love you even when you are not being very lovable. So those are decisions you make, Uh, same way with forgiveness.
3: Yeah. Forgiveness is definitely a choice as well. Um, You can either choose to forgive or you can choose to become bitter Mm -hmm. and hold grudges and bring it up every conversation any way you can. Um, So you got to choose to forgive.
2: And I think a lot of people really don't get that because they feel like those, they have to have good feelings about the person to forgive. Mm -hmm. But when you make it a choice instead of a feeling... The feeling will come, but you have to make that decision. What would you call this one?
3: Decisions Decisions over over feelings. Yeah.
0: I didn't know what you were going to mean by that. But as you started talking, I was thinking culturally. We're not a culture that makes that decision to stay married.
3: I think you're right.
0: I think my wife and I came from a family that had that background and culture, both of our parents. I think that's always... A lot of it. Ben.
2: a lot of it i think is generational okay I mean, two generations ago there true. wasn't a choice you always stayed together that's
0: that true too incredible. chris but i know i was thinking of some of my friends uh, that came over from india i became good friends with someone that i work with and she was set up in an arranged marriage and yeah. i asked her a lot of questions about that found that quite culturally interesting but funny enough in their culture they nearly never get divorced, even though they have arranged a marriage. So it sounds like a decision and a cultural decision to me.
3: Uh, Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, you know, who, who wakes up in a good mood every day? Hmm. There are definitely some days that he might be a little bit like hugging a porcupine. (laughs) You just choose to hug it and soothe his quills.
1: (laughs) Good one. I don't know how well this fits into, into decisions over feelings, is that correct? Decisions over feelings? Yes. One one thing I've learned in talks with my wife is just because I say something doesn't mean that I've decided that I've wanted to do that or we're doing that. I always start off the conversations now. This is a discussion, not a decision. <laughs> because what'll happen is I'll say I'll say something off the cuff and I'll say, "Man, I'd really like to go to Hawaii this year." <laughs> And six weeks later, I get something in the mail about our tickets. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, hold on. That was a discussion, not a decision. You mentioned something. <laughs> yeah. No, that's so absolutely I, true. Yeah. But I do that. I, it's the wise advice, decisions over feelings. Yeah. You're starting from a place of pretty solid ground
0: is what you're t- saying.
3: So our next one was actually what we based our first episode on, and that is intentionality. Um, you have to be intentional. A lot of times in marriages, we become lazy, and like how people become like have a. Blo- did
2: you just look at me when
0: you said I
3: lazy? I did not.
2: I saw that.
0: Jeez, I hope they don't get divorced uh, after this episode. I, don't
3: know. So, I feel real
0: horrible. Uh, if,
3: yeah, yeah. Um, but a lot of times we become like how people become nose blind. You really become blind to the, the needs of your spouse. And so being intentional, continuing to date is very important to keep that spark going.
2: Yeah. I mean, nobody gets a great marriage on accident. It doesn't just you just wake up and, well, we love to, you know, I'm sure it'll all work out in the end. That's not. You have to be intentional. What are some things you guys do to be intentional? We try and keep a date night always every week. Uh, we,
3: and it's different every time. Like this week, there's a special service at church with food trucks. And so we're going to go and do that.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there are other things that, like, once it, the more I learn about her, the more th- I learn that she likes certain things, even if they're not my thing, I need to be intentional about that because I, my goal is to please my wife. And as long as you both are involved in doing that, you're going to have a pretty good marriage. Yeah.
1: Joe does date night, too, I think. Yeah, we have dinner. The, we usually do dinner every week at some point. Yeah. Uh, we. The, there's always that. Isn't eating out a funny thing? Because how does eating out usually start? Where do you want to eat? I don't know where are you are. Ah, there you go. Where do you want to eat? You got to a fight before you, you wanna wanna <laughs> <eat>? <laughs> That's right. Well, I don't care. Where do you want to eat? I don't <laughs> care. Where do you want to eat? So what I've decided to do is I have found out what her least favorite restaurant is. And so I said, I don't know. Let's go to Taco Bell. I don't want to go to Taco Bell. I say, that, I say, that, I say that jokingly. I say that jokingly. I've heard some people
2: we, that, that play that game by saying, so it's kind of a surprise. Can you guess? And
1: then their first guess, that's where you go. And then, Oh, that's awesome you know. advice. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome advice. We
3: should have made that number two. Yeah.
1: Yes. No, my wife and I do. We, we do make it a point to go out together. Our kids are grown now. And so we're empty nesters, except for when our kids come back to raid our groceries and uh, in our refrigerator. The, but we're empty nesters. So our, we, but we still, even though we have alone time now, we still make it a point to go out and either it's dinner with friends or just the two of us. Once a month, we go to a restaurant, uh, which is the, I'll say it's the same restaurant. It's close enough to the same restaurant as we had our first date.
3: Oh, and so very we, cool.
1: It's very nostalgic for us, and it's a key event. Once a month, we do that. Kind of like a reset. Yeah, yeah. I like that. Definitely. The problem is, it's an all-you-can-eat buffet, so you know. <laughs>
3: well, and I'm, I think that you actually brought up a really good point. That you know, a lot of times people with, that have children at home, they're like, "Well, we can make this, we can make um, this date once a month or once every two weeks, and be intentional about it." Because once the kids are gone, we're going to be together all the time. But even whenever you have an empty nest and you are together all the time, you still have to be intentional. Absolutely. All right. Number
2: three. Number three. So number three, and this one is pretty obvious, but effective communication. You have to learn how your spouse communicates, how you communicate and somehow mesh those together. And I think that this becomes a little harder when you get married when you're a little older, because you are pretty set in a lot of your ways, especially how you've communicated your whole life. And now you're trying to mesh it with someone else who is also in the same boat. You know, these people who get married at 18, 19, they grew up together, basically. I mean, really, they they have. And in, in some ways, that's not very adv- advantageous, but in a lot of ways, it is. Just learning that, learning how to do conflict resolution, how not to play the blame game. We have a very effective way that we've come up with whenever we are having an issue with maybe we don't like the way something's going, but instead of saying, hey, you have done this, we say it how we really mean it because we're not really sugarcoating it because it is, here's how what you're saying, here's how it's making me feel. And that may not be what your intention is because I have to go into this knowing she is my wife. She is not intentionally trying to say things to hurt my feelings or say things to put this marriage in a bad place. It's just coming across that way. So I need to let her know, Hey, this is how this is making me feel. So if that's not how you're intending it, let's kind of try to get to that. So just having that effective communication that has saved us so much angst.
3: Well, also asking questions, like if, if your spouse says something to you and you are trying to read, like you might be reading into it something that they did not intend and so there's been a lot of times we're like, well, what exactly do you mean by that? And try to talk it out instead of just automatically jumping to that offense and be like, you hurt my feelings. I can't believe you would say that. And that wasn't at all that was being meant. It, it was completely vanilla as a, and instead it was being taken like, but there
2: is a line that you walk with this, especially that. Mm-hmm. Because you also cannot constantly put on a filter. And that is one of my main issues is that because of a past relationship and because of how it was like a court of law, anything I said could and would be used against me, whatever. I never, nothing comes out of this mouth unless it's run through three or four filters. How is this going to sound? How's it going to come across? There's no genuineness there. Well,
3: and it's, you can see it. You can almost see those filters like snap into place because- I'll say, so what do you think about that? And it's just boom. (laughs) that You can almost see them come. And I'm like, so I've had to start doing like rapid fire questions with him. So that way he doesn't have a moment to put those filters up. He has to just tell me (laughs) off the top of his head the answers to this stuff.
1: There's a really good book on effective communication. And it's it's by, it's a faith-based book. I don't remember the author, but it's called The Five Love Languages. Yes. Gary chapman gary chapman very gary famous chapman. not the singer gary chapman the author correct gary chapman. he's actually been to our church and spoke a couple times yeah it's a really good book it's not it a saint of heart it takes work but if you can figure out each other's love language and swallow your pride to communicate them in, in in a way that that speaks to them instead of the way that you like to be spoken to because we immediately think that we're built a certain way so everybody else is right right we understand a certain through a certain methodology and so everybody else, like, I'll give you mine, mind, my love language, for lack of a better term, I think it's, I think it's a spectrum, right? I mean, I think you, it's not black and white, but our acts of service. When my wife does stuff for me and cooks dinner, or I see her doing something to enhance the house or whatever it might be. I'm like, wow, that's pretty awesome. I was usually, I was going to use another word, but there might be some family, some family listeners, but that's pretty awesome. And hers is a physical touch that from each other is she knows how to, she knows how to speak to me. And I know how to speak to her. If one of us, if we get the sense that one of us are feeling a little disconnected from each other, we know how to kind of push that button. Absolutely. And I'm really bad at it. (laughs) I just spouted off some great advice that as soon as my wife hears this, honey, I know I see the way you're (laughs) looking at me. You may not be saying it, but you're thinking it real loud. <laughs> yeah. The Prime Marriage
2: podcast is going to be chock full of great advice that we don't take ourselves <laughs> out much of the time. I, it
0: just,
3: <laughs> we're using it as reminders that we need to do better.
0: That's funny. Similar to what we do with this podcast. <laughs> this is what we suggest. <laughs> we're not sure we're doing it ourselves.
3: Right. Yeah.
0: I heard someone, I don't know where I heard this recently, but you should be able to speak to your spouse without that filter, Chris. I guess was when you said there's filters, you should be able to speak without filters and if you're not, there's a problem. 100%. Yeah, I agree completely. I thought that was interesting. I tried it with my wife. I don't know how well that went
1: over. She didn't know I was I thought she wasn't the filter. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, but... It's I think you you should definitely speak your mind, but do it in a way that's that honors the relationship, right?
3: Absolutely.
1: Cuz there are times that I want to speak my mind and I'm speaking it. I'm speaking it in a way that I want to speak it because I want to speak it this way, and you're going to hear me.
0: She's not. This is what I tried on her. I'd heard that on a podcast or somewhere, and it was getting ready to go visit her mom, which again is a what oh, my computer just went black. Okay, I guess I didn't touch my screen enough. But she says, "Do you want to, you want to go see mom tonight?" I was like, "No, I don't," and I didn't mean it to sound like. I mean, I don't do it because I want to. I do it for her and for my mother-in-law.
3: Yeah. I was just being nice. honest.
0: I was totally being honest. No, I don't want to do it. And she's like, she got kind of offensive, offended by that. And I didn't think she would be offended by that. I thought she'd understand what I was saying. Of course,
2: I don't want it. It's not a real convenient thing to do. Sometimes it's and, how you present yeah. whatever yeah. you're saying. You can say what's on your mind and still put it, <laughs> wrap it in that cloak of kindness before it comes out. Okay. Because, I mean, that's. Good to be, that's just being a good human, I think, is sometimes to, you know, that, that kind of filter in place.
0: So
3: maybe if you said no with a smile, it might have come off a little bit better. Not a chance.
0: <laughs> you're right, brandy That's exactly, you're actually, you're actually very, that's very true. I tried to just be, I'm actually sometimes too brutally
1: honest. That's one of
0: my flaws. You ask me in <laughs> my opinion, sometimes I'll tell you it if you don't want to hear it. Right, Joe?
1: Yeah, I can attest. <laughs> All right. Where are we for? Number four, Four. go for it. Number four is don't be dictated
2: by cliches. And we have heard so many of these growing up, and a lot of them just do not apply to our marriage. They may apply to some. They may. But for us, they do not. And what I'm talking about is don't go to bed angry. I've heard that my whole life. That's In our conflict resolution, that's exactly what she needs. She needs to don't talk to me. Let me sleep on this.
3: I need a time to cool down.
2: Yeah, and it will be better when I wake up, and it is. So I've learned not to keep poking the bear. Hey, we need to make up before you go to sleep because somebody in the 1800s once said that you
1: can't go to bed angry. It's just not. Because Ben Franklin wrote it in an almanac somewhere, right? (laughs)
3: Right. Yeah. Yeah, There's, I mean, there's definitely another one is happy wife, happy life. And that is so lops, that is definitely something that as long as the man learns the two most important words in marriage, everything will be great. And those two important words are yes, dear. (laughs) And that is not true. That is because that man loses his identity. He loses any type of feelings that he has. He gives that over to his wife if he is focused on the happy wife, happy life. Preach
1: that, Brandy. really... (laughs) <laughs> that's a really good point, Brandi. I, I, that's
3: <laughs> the wife happy life
1: thing. Is it does two things. It, number one, it may it puts the it. I don't want to use the word emasculate, but that's the best I've got. <laughs> so, in a way, it emasculates the man. Yeah, because he has to sacrifice everything that he is in order to all of his like the things that that make him happy and bring joy to him and fulfillment to him. If he has to set all of those things aside to make her happy, that emasculates him. But it also gives her a false sense of security, false sense of what of the relationship, because she just thinks everything's okay. Right. Instead of resolving that conflict, instead of resolving that issue, she just thinks, well, everything's okay because I'm I'm happy and he seems to be happy. And in the the meantime, there's so much pent up bitterness underneath
2: because of that. Nobody wants to sacrifice everything they desire and everything they want for even the, I love my wife, but I'm not, we have to, that's part of living together is you're each trying to please the other. And, you know, that in the same respect, the same thing about cliches is like so many gender roles, like woman's supposed to do this and supposed to do this and man's supposed to do this. She loves to mow. She loves to be outside mowing. And, you know, I don't know what the neighbors think when they see her mowing and me inside doing the dishes, but she hates to do the dishes. I don't mind. My love language is acts of service. So I like doing those kind of things. I'm the laundry guy. I do the laundry every Saturday. It's just don't not living
1: your life ruled by sayings. Mm, right. Like it. So those are two good things. You said happy wife, happy life. And the other one is don't go to bed angry. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Chris, I'm a lot like you. I mean, I want whatever's going on, I want it settled right now. I want it settled right now before we go forward. I mean, the worst thing that you can say to me and my wife knows this and loves this. She'll say, Hey, I need to talk to you about something. Talk to you about something later on. I said, N- No, no. <laughs> nope. We're, we're talking doing about it now. It now. We're doing it now. Well, you're at work. I'll be home in a half hour. <laughs> Whatever it is, we're talking about it right now. No. Nah, yeah. Yeah. I get it. I get it. So number five.
3: Number five, don't complain to your parents
1: about your spouse,
3: about your spouse. The, the issue is maybe that is your person. Maybe your mom is your person that you go to. I'm talking from the wife's standpoint. The mom is your person that you become best friends. And so you just vent to your parent. Well, what happens is the wife goes home that her and her husband make up, but the mom wasn't there. And so all the mom can think about is all of the wrongs that husband has done to their daughter. There is no need, no reason at all that you should go to your parent to complain about your spouse.
2: Cause they'll, your spouse will be much quicker to forgive you. Your parents won't. Yeah. They just see their baby girl or their little boy and you're, you've created pain in their life and they don't forgive like that. Yeah. And we, we learned this. Pretty early on. In fact, I learned this in my last relationship. Yeah. I think you did too. And in fact, when our oldest got married, I remember my wife bringing her aside and say, look, you run into problems with Tyler. Cause I know he can be a turd sometimes. Come talk to me. Come talk to me. I will sympathize with you because I raised this kid. Oh, but don't go to your parents. And she did not listen to that advice. And he's now divorced. He's with the second wife, which we all love, but. His first wife's parents at least spit venom for Tyler anytime they see him. I mean, mm-hmm. just hate him.
1: Cause that's one perspective. Yeah. Yes. That's it. That's yeah. it. And listen, I don't, I don't necessarily believe in the talk about sayings, the idea that when you marry, when you marry your spouse, you marry their family. Uh, yeah. I don't necessarily believe in that. I think that you, you definitely need boundaries, but also you're going to Christmas you're going to you're going to holidays there's going to be birthday parties there's going to be events that you connect with each other and if there's this underlying current of animosity because you've complained to to your mom or your dad or whoever it is about your spouse, it may not even show, but there's an underlying animosity there yeah. that that's that's wise advice I like that so number six is don't let your past dictate your future,
2: and I think that coming both of us coming from broken homes. We had a lot to learn from, but we also had a lot to learn not to do. We saw a lot in front of us that we were able to emulate, but we saw a lot that we did not want to emulate. I think this is why, especially women, find it so insulting when they were like, you're just like your mother right now. I mean, almost every guy knows you don't say that, (laughs) but it's because a lot of times the in-law sees the worst of the mother-in-law, and when he makes that comment, she knows what he's getting at. So when you are able to learn from your mistakes and preferably learn from other people's mistakes, or why make the mistake? You know, learn from somebody else and don't let that past run and dictate your future.
3: And you also can't lean into like whenever a spouse has something against you, If they say, oh, "You're, I, I've tried to do it this way and I've tried to talk, it, talk to you about it, and let you know that it just doesn't, it's not something that works for me. A spouse leaning into the whole, well, that's just how I am. Mm. You cannot lean into that. If your spouse is being vulnerable with you and telling you like, hey, this way that you approach this su- subject or this situation, it doesn't work. It doesn't work for me. You cannot lean into, well, you're just going to have to get used to it because that's how I am. You've got to learn to compromise and try to change and give up who you are because, I mean, they married you because of who you are. But there might be some rough edges that need to be toned down a little bit.
2: Yeah, when you give the whole, that's just the way I am, that is just saying I'm not willing to work on anything
1: on my end, that you need to come all the way around to my way of thinking. What do you think about bringing family baggage into the marriage? Uh, you are raised a certain way, your mama did it, things a certain way, your dad did things a certain way, and that would that's the bar of comparison that can bring that can be a case of bringing the past into the marriage as well.
3: Absolutely. Yeah. One thing that we learned early on in marriage is that we do not do home improvements well together. I bring my father into it. I bring all of the ways that he uh, taught and trained and had three older brothers that you mentioned the four letter word work and they disappear. Mm-hmm. So it was me and my dad. I have done plumbing. I've done wiring. I've helped build a deck. I've done siding. I mean, I was it. I've done it all. And so I know how to do stuff. But he, on the other hand, didn't have a dad that was around or taught him. He had the mindset of, hey, listen, your goal whenever you get older is to make enough money to pay somebody to do it for you. So I, whenever we, I was like, no, we can remodel. We can lay flooring. We can do this. We found out that my dad came the third wheel on this whole marriage thing during... But uh, he wasn't even there. <laughs> he wasn't, only his personality was there. Yeah,
2: I mean, but you got to understand, he was somebody who would watch her mow the lawn and make her come back out because the lines were right. And just, mm-hmm. I mean... And just, I'd have
3: to redo the whole yard for one area or cleaning. And he'd come in and, and like the one spot that I missed, I'd have to clean it all again. So that is the baggage that I brought in. And I found out that, you know what, we are... We'll paint and we'll do minor stuff, but not owning a house would probably be the best. <laughs>
0: it's funny, Brandy. My dad's like that, but I didn't bring any of that with me in my adulthood. I left it. Nor did
3: my brothers. I left <laughs> it there.
0: I'm trying to do some stuff now because I want to, but I did not want to be like my dad. He was very meticulous yeah. about those things too. Yep.
3: Yeah. yeah. So, number seven. It says no major decisions unless there is a consensus that is reached.
2: Oh yeah. And this isn't we're not talking about just little everyday decisions or anything like, but major yeah. decisions. We just don't agree to move forward on anything unless we are in agreement. We may not feel the same about it. We're going to have to come to an agreement or we're not gonna we're not gonna take any action on it. So we're and gonna there's have a lot of time. A, we're gonna have a discussion before we have a decision.
3: Oh yes. Maybe so multiple decisions. We like this yeah. one.
0: We've got also ground also. rules. I like this.
3: You might you need to have a discussion before the decision or after the decision. There's no discussion.
0: Ah, okay.
1: Even better. Once the decision's yeah. made, it's made. Yeah. Well, um, how, do you feel it, about what, how do you feel about what Kurt said? And once the decision's made, it's made. Let's move forward. How do you feel about that?
2: We feel pretty strongly about that. There's, I hate going back and second guessing and, well, it could have worked out better if we'd have Well, if we would have done it my way, once the decision's made, we're done. (laughs) We just have to go forward
0: from there. Chris, you got to talk to Margita. She's making a lot of changes in our dining at Disney World for our trip. Although I've not been a part of any of those decisions anyway. (laughs) You're still getting your one restaurant, aren't you? No, I don't have one. What? No, I
1: don't. We'll talk about that later. Do you have have decisions that you're completely comfortable leaving it up to them? To the other, well, whatever it might be, it might be that um, home improvement. Yeah, home <laughs> improvement. Okay, he or she is much better at picking out these colors. I'm gonna let I'm gonna let them do it. Oh, I don't know. They're just you they're know, gonna do it. You hit a I'm sore spot say, hey, there, I'm Joe. I'm just. I, I know. Tell by the look the you eye. didn't hit a
2: sore spot. You hit number eight. Play to your strengths.
1: <laughs> awesome.
2: This is something that we believe in wholeheartedly. Once again, you know, we don't go in for the whole. Well, you're a guy, so you're supposed to do the bills or what? in this case, I do do the bills because it stresses her out. So I do the, but we play, if there is something that she is better at than me and I know it, if there's a decision to be made on that, I'm going to lean on her heavily for that. That's just, that's the way I think it should be. I mean, any good marriage, you're always playing to their strengths and they're playing to yours. And that's, I think that's how successful couples navigate life. Good point.
0: And
3: as you get to know each other, like further in your marriage, further in your relationship, you kind of get where where you know, like what they're going to lean into. Like if you are not with them and there's a decision that has to be made, you kind of know what their heartbeat is. So you would know how to answer or how they would answer it.
1: Yeah. Fantastic. That was number eight.
3: Yeah, that was number eight.
1: Number nine.
3: Number nine is give space take space. So what that really comes down to is you are married. You have worked hard to create a life together, but it is very important to also plan time away, time solo, solo time, whether it is, as I said, I've changed careers recently, but I've done this children's pastoring for years, but Saturday was my day to do that. So that would take me out of the house. And so I was at the church getting stuff prepared and that would leave Chris home alone. If I came home early or if we had other plans on a Saturday and he wasn't able to get his alone time, like I would come in the door and there'd be a podcast blaring. He's got, you smell like bleach. you I mean, there are rugs laying outside from where he's washed them and they're drying. I mean, you, I almost upset his apple cart because I've messed up his solo time. Mm -hmm. And thrives on that. Now, there's a line where you can't always go out to your man cave. You can't always go plan a shopping trip, an all-day shopping trip away, like every time you have an opportunity. But it is important to have that time, that solo time, to kind of recharge yourself away from your spouse.
2: Yeah, I value alone time. I really do. I value it. I think I need it. But it can't get to the point where, well, I need two hours of that every single day. No, I don't. I already have work. We both have jobs. We're away from each other most of the day. Most nights, I am very content to spend the evening with my wife. My solo time during the whiz Wednesday this night. little <laughs> Zoom call that we do on Wednesday nights—that's my time away. She watches her show that I have no interest in. I come on and Zoom with my Disney friend. And but if I were to say, "Well, we're starting to do this," you know, four times a week—that's unacceptable. And I, I agreed. It is unacceptable. While I value it, I also know there has to be a lot of time for us specifically mm-hmm. as well.
1: So do you think that is specific to you or do you think that's universal advice to say, mm-hmm. okay, you need to? I have never talked to anybody where that didn't feel like they needed that at in some point. So what do you do in those situations when you come home and you're, you've done your thing and Chris is in the middle of his thing? Do you just? kind of let him continue to do his thing or do you say hey you're gonna to have to finish that later because i want to go <laughs> taco bell
3: well i don't think i'll ever really require going to taco bell but <laughs> i will check in and be like hey i'm home like where are you at in your process are you do you have all the laundry done do you need me to step in and do something do you need me to run to the store is there something i can do or and he'll say i'm good
2: You don't ever volunteer to go to the store. Don't tell them that. Uh, I do the grocery shopping because she hates setting foot in the grocery store. (laughs) So she has never she will volunteer. She will volunteer to do a lot of stuff around here. Almost anything. But she'll
3: put an addition on the
2: house while you
0: uh, I
3: will. Yeah, but she will not volunteer to go (laughs) to the store. It's crazy. All right, where are we? We are number ten.
1: We're at number ten. Yeah. These are all great.
3: So number ten is have fun. You have to, once again, going back, you have to be intentional. You have to plan dates. You have to be spontaneous. Even if you have to plan the spontaneity, Mm -hmm. I am the one who's spontaneous. I will go on lunch and candy in his car and leave a card or just try to leave like little sticky notes around the house or whatever he will have to put something in his phone and say, be spontaneous on Tuesday.
2: So I do. I, those things just don't come into my mind and that's not scheduled. I refuse. I refuse to be. That's just how I am. I have to be better. So I, I do. I leave myself little notes to leave her little notes. I mean, that's kind of, cause I know she appreciates those kind of things.
0: Chris, I want to know from your first episode, how you missed the message on the mirror. When Brandy left it for you. (laughs) Oblivious. That's how.
3: The door was open, so I was looking at him, looking at the mirror, and he literally is like getting up close, and I thought, he's looking around the letters. How in the world? But Uh, yeah, he totally missed it.
0: My wife would say that is something I would do. I defend myself. I think I would have seen... A big, now what was it like big, like lipstick or something? It on,
3: green. It was a green chalk marker that said, I love you. I don't even remember what it was. What but in the it world was,
2: just... was on your mind, Chris, that you missed that? I have no, I was, like I said, I'm looking in the mirror, taking out my contacts at the time. So I don't know how I missed it. The only thing I can say is she used green, and for Disney, they call it no see Green because that's what they pay when they don't want
3: you to actually see Just for your Disney time. <laughs> don't start that. But we actually, in order to kind of help us have fun and be adventurous, we actually um, have found a book. It's a like an adventure challenge is what it's called, and it's a book, and it has um, little scratch-off areas. Um, you scratch off, and it tells you what your date is going to be. Hmm. And it tells you, it kind of gives you little hints, like if food's involved and how much about how much money it will cost, how long it will take. Um, there so, was one of
2: them I remember, probably the most fun I've had. We had to, you were the one doing it. You had to bake a cake while blindfolded. A
3: pie. A pie. It was a pie. You had to make
2: a pie while blindfolded. No, I'm kidding. I had to just tell her where the ingredients but were. But you were only
3: able to on use table. so many words. like. Yeah. I Your have, words were limited, so you had to bet, like, take clues other ways.
0: He had to teach you how to make
2: a pie while you were blindfolded. Or yeah, it was with only used 20 words the entire
3: time. So, doing being the Disney dude he is, he kind of pulled out his all right <laughs> and kind of took me by my hair. It was like, here, this way and this way. And
0: that's fantastic. Oh. What is this book? But
3: the pie turned out great,
0: it was, it was very tasty pie. <laughs> that's good. Oh, what it is the book? Yeah, what's the book?
3: It's called The Adventure Challenge, and they actually have it for families. They have it for couples. They have even expanded. Have one that's a little
2: saucy. We don't have that one. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah way, sure. I'm not
3: sure. a winning community, Yeah, sure, sure.
1: We don't have it yet. Of course, we've learned throughout this show that there is one big common interest that you don't necessarily share as passionately as the other. And I hate bringing this up, but it's Disney, okay? You, this was, of course, Chris, I know that you're engaged heavily in Kurt's community at mm-hmm. the Geekin' on WDW, at geekin' on WDW.com. There you go, Kurt. Wow, well, I'll have done that in a while for you. Yeah, well. Thanks for the promotion. It. Yeah. But, so how do you work through that? How do you work through him spending time, energy, money, resources? on There, this have, there have been some conflicts about that. Not going
2: to lie. Um, there have been some things that I've had to change. And then there's been some ways that she has just seen the interactions and been like, okay, this wasn't quite what I thought. It is. It's all about oh, the more you do it, the more you learn. And like us, yes, I've had to change how I communicate, the oftenness I communicate, the there's just, we have worked through things.
3: And I like Disney. Yeah, it helps. I, she is, I she's mean, a, a
2: Disney nut. She's I, just not into podcasts. And so therefore she is gotcha. not hooked up with this community the way. Now she went to one of our geek meets. Ohio. Ohio. And so she has met some of, a few of the, she's met the Austin and Travis.
3: Well, and the way that we had to, the part we had to get to was he originally went into this as like his solo time. And then it became like a whole other facade that he had where he kept his whole, all of his Disney people separate. And then it was his family and there was no meshing of the two. And so his phone was continuously going off and continuously going off. And it was like he was a a double life. And it was the fact that he was trying to keep them separate, that kind of caused some issues. But because to me, it looked like he was trying to hide stuff. But once I realized that, and once he did a better job of meshing it and being like, oh, hey, so-and-so on the podcast or this or that, and kind of introduced me into his world, there wasn't as much hostility. There wasn't as much as me, suspicion, good word. There wasn't as much of that whenever he was more open about it. It's whenever he was trying to be quiet about it, I kind of started getting worried about things.
1: So isn't that funny about understanding context? And you talked about intention earlier. Chris, I'm just guessing here, so correct me if I'm wrong. Chris, I can imagine you were like, well, she's just not that interested. So I'm just not, it just, it's She's just not interested in the podcasting and the podcast community, so I'm not even going to bother her with it. I'm just... Oh, absolutely. Quick. That's
2: how it started. Because, I mean, I would hear stuff like, uh, podcasts again. I mean, so I was
1: automatically like, well, you know, this is not her thing, and that's fine. I'm right. okay with that. You're so, actually trying to honor, I, honor her her lack of desire by not yeah, shoving it down me. her throat. But the fact that he had, and I mean this word, and I intentionally use this word, the fact that he had a certain level of intimacy with other people that... You didn't know, you didn't understand, you weren't a part of, it was a bit threatening.
3: Very much so, yeah. yeah. And he and he did a solo trip and came back and had another solo trip immediately planned. And here he had gone a week, and then like a few months later, he was going to be going another week. And I'm like, wait a minute, man.
2: Hold yeah. up! And see, my in my justification, I was like, I have this annual pass that expires in September. I want to get one more use out of it because I'm not renewing. And I didn't renew. I went a whole year. Now we're both annual pass holders. But
3: that was one of those surprise decisions that he made. uh
2: But I was
3: just trying to use that up.
2: But the the friends that I had made at Disney were close enough. And they go down so often that when they found out I was going to go on another solo trip, oh, okay, we'll schedule a trip too. We'll come down with you. And so it made it look like I was going away to see the same people when That wasn't why I was going. They were just decided, hey, you're our friend. We're going to come down too. And so it did. It caused some conflict. We had a lot of conversations about this. Mm -hmm. And what happened was number one, I didn't go on that trip because I just felt like it would have been unwise. And also scaled back a lot of the uh, groups that I was in, the communication didn't quit them, didn't get out, but started keeping them on mute so they didn't blow up my phone all the time and just. Not mute as in you can't hear them. Just, I'm not even looking. I'm not even going to, I'm not as engaged as I was because I needed to do that. She felt threatened. I can't have that. I see these people once or twice a year. I see her every day. Right. That's a big right. difference with who
1: you're supposed to be keeping happy. So awesome. Awesome. Well, guys. Yeah. Great. This was a heck of a list. Let's through those, just quickly through those 10 again. I don't know if you, I'm stealing your thunder, Kirk, but no, just go through those 10 again.
3: All right. So the first one was decisions over feelings. The second one was intentionality. The third one was effective. Fourth one is do not be dictated by cliches. And the fifth one is don't complain to your parents.
2: And then number six was don't let your past dictate your future. Number seven was no major decisions unless consensus is reached. Number eight is play to your strengths. Number nine, give space, take space. And then number 10 is have fun. We made a lot of this sound like, boy, this is a lot of work. It is a lot of work, but that's why number 10 is so important because you have to be able to have fun with your spouse because once you do have an empty nest, you just don't want to be sitting there looking at them like, I have no, nothing in common with this person. I don't even know what to do now that we don't have kids to concentrate on. But you've got to have fun. So where can we find you, Chris? Ah, uh, You can find us on Amazon Music. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, of course,
1: Google Podcasts, pretty much anywhere you listen. Awesome. Awesome. And you definitely should listen. This was wise advice. This was wise advice. Good job, guys. Really good job. Thank uh, we you appreciate so much. It. What's going on over in the Dudes in Progress community? Kirk? Well, the biggest thing
0: is we're having people reach out and saying yes when we ask them to come on our show. So thanks for Chris and Brandy. Again, congratulations on having the courage, especially in a topic that can be difficult to talk about. And I hope my marriage of 34 years, my wife is listening now, is greatly enhanced by this episode and all of your episodes that are coming our way. I'm really excited for you guys. Well,
1: thank you. We're excited about doing it. Yep. Yep. Can't wait to listen more.
0: We're also going to be talking to Tony Ann Zarcone, which Chris and I, good friends of ours, who did this program 75 hard. And we're going to learn what that program was. We got lots of questions from the community to talk with her about. I know people really looking forward to that. Really inspired by any kind of health and fitness program. And she did something really fantastic. So that'll be fun. So that's been exciting, bringing on people onto the show, Joe, from the community. So do you have a win for the week, Kurt? My win for the week is what happened today, where I got an email saying this software I've been using to edit my podcast, a little artificial intelligence I've talked about on our show, been really enjoying it. Editing podcasts is one of my thing I least like about podcasting, Chris. It's always tedious to me. But I've been loving that Descript. And then I learned I got a free copy of this thing called Squadcast that we're using. And thanks for being brave. Joe finally got in after several tries. We'll see how the recording comes out. I'm hoping we get a really nice audio recording. It's integrated into Descript. What I'm expecting to find is I got a recording that is recorded, kind of what Joe, call, Joe and I call a double ender meaning it's recording locally on your machine and then they'll upload it magically to the cloud and we'll have nice audio because we all have nice microphones. So it's kind of exciting for the same price. I got this really cool technical tool, which I knew was out there somewhere along my travels. I knew about this type of software. I never really looked into it, adding another expense. So it's cool that I'm using it and we used it. So yeah, that's my win for the week.
1: How about you, Joe? audio quality is really good. My win for the week is being productive while sick. All week long, I've been fighting a terrible stomach flu, and it's been rough, but I have figured out a way through work from home and uh, a few little things here and there to be productive while still kind of working through this. But yeah, I was able to focus on some important work while still kind of letting my body rest. Guys, we didn't give you a heads up, if you had
0: something good that happened this week... Maybe in your marriage. You just... Not to put you on the spot. Yeah.
3: <laughs> what would you think?
0: Well, we have a new marriage podcast. <laughs> That's oh, a good you go. Did you guys record another episode yet? Yeah. How many episodes you got recorded? We've got two. We've got two. Oh, we published the second one yesterday. Awesome. Oh, good. Awesome. Very nice. That's awesome. I'm going to
1: listen to that. Joe, did you have a resource for the week? I do. And it dovetails perfectly into my win for the week. My resource for the week is Gatorade. I have drunk a lot of Gatorade this week, guys. And I'm not going to read my Malcolm completely out loud here, but uh, I did suffer a bit of dehydration through the stomach flu. You can let your imagination run why I suffered from the dehydration. And wow, the, the Gatorade and Powerade and those sports drinks have really made a difference. I didn't realize I, I we don't have it around the house, so we had to go buy it. It's really made a difference. So I know it's a little weird. And maybe a little too TMI. But yeah, my, my win for the week was being productive while sick. And the biggest tool I've had to, to that productivity was Gatorade. Electrolytes are good. Definitely. Well, I'm going to cheat.
0: Mine's related too. I'm just going to use Squadcast. I'm hoping it's going to be my resource for the week. We'll see how it comes <laughs> out. It's been fun experimenting.
1: And how about our quote for the week, Joe? Mine's a little tongue-in-cheek. But it comes from President Lyndon B. Johnson. He says, I have learned that only two things are necessary to keep one's wife happy. First, let her think she's having her own way. And second, let her have it. After they Lyndon just gave us right. the advice that uh, if I would have had a minute happy wife, to happy life I would have. But it's a little tongue in cheek considering the context of their advice, but I don't necessarily agree with it completely. If both of us did what we needed to do to make the other happy, I'm sure that would, that would be a good yeah. thing, right? How about yours, Kurt? So I think I'm, we're taking their number 10 advice because I kind of went the same direction.
0: I wanted to be a little tongue in cheek <laughs> also. That's fine. I thought you were almost going to take my quote. The secret of a happy marriage remains a secret. Henny Youngman.
1: <laughs> Who is the comedian that would say, uh, take my take wife? Take my wife. Please, Please take my wife. Yeah. <laughs> it was Henny Youngman, was it? Was it? I don't know. I think so. I don't know. That's funny. That's funny. Well, as we wrap up, our website is dudesinprogress.com, dudesinprogress.com. And if you want to reach out to us anytime, if you have a subject that you want to discuss with the dudes, Kurt and I, you can certainly email us, dudes at dudesinprogress.com. We would love to hear from you. Any comments you have about the show, anything, any advice you want to give us, any thoughts, dudes at dudesinprogress.com. Again, we would love to hear from you. And as we leave this particular show with great marriage advice, thank you guys. We certainly appreciate you. Let's remember, progress is better than perfection. So let's keep moving forward. Joe, this week I'm going to be working on my marriage, I think, in the car. again,
0: (laughs) Our trip up north. But this has been a lot of fun. Thanks, Chris and Brandy, for being on the show. Really appreciate you coming on. Thank you. Thank you for the exposure.
3: Yeah.
1: Awesome. Take care.